everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. I know Elizabeth is working so hard and she's so busy that even if I am overwhelmed, I wouldn't necessarily want to put any of my stuff that I should be doing on her because maybe that's going to put her over the edge, you know? I wish it was that formal. Usually it's me like, I'm so fucking done. Like, I'm like <laughs> over this. I'm, I'm selling like, you my share. Yeah, I'm totally. Or like, I called her crying. She's like, okay, okay. <laughs> Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are sisters and business partners. Yes, it can get very messy. And making big decisions with your big sister can be hard. So how do you determine what to do when you disagree? And how do you accept that sometimes you're not the one who's right? So welcome to Perfecting the Partnership. In this series, we're learning about what it takes to work together by talking with other partnerships to understand their dynamic. And today we're joined by Nora Shields and Elizabeth Shields, co-founder of Rock Paper Coin, a revolutionary platform that brings together event professionals and engaged couples to simplify and streamline the often daunting contract and invoice process. With over 19 years running an award-winning planning firm, Bridal Bliss, founder Nora possesses an intimate grasp on the ins and outs of the wedding industry. In her time working with countless couples and leading a team of 30-plus women, she recognized the need for a more effective, streamlined approach to the often daunting contract and invoice process. Thus, Rock Paper Coin was born in partnership with her sister-in-law, Elizabeth, and the two of them have been committed to bringing together event professionals and couples ever since. As partners, Nora and Elizabeth are going to have disagreements. We do all the time. And today we're going to hear about one. But before we get to that, just a little bit about their story. They started Rock Paper Coin together in 2018. They funded the company themselves and then realized, oh crap, we need an investor. So they found one and she became a partner. But it was her first investment in software as well. And software isn't like the wedding planning world where she came from. She just assumed that it would happen very similar to like a service and it's a product. And I think that was like a big disconnect. And the relationship ended because she was um, committed to continue fundraising and you know, putting money into the company. And literally on the day that we, you know, kind of were expecting to get funds in, she said no. And we had payroll that was literally due, I think it was like maybe two weeks. And we could not cover payroll. And so we had to take out personal loans to cover payroll. And that was the moment that I was like, holy shit. That was a really big like turning point for souring this relationship for sure, but also gave us power to be like, we figured this out on our own. We do not need, you know, this person's money. Like, let's go prove ourselves like we can do this. And that while as hard as it was, like it really was almost like the fuel that the rocket ship needed for us. We had already put our own money into it. So this was like not the first time we had had to do it. We had like dried the well, putting money into this business and then brought her on. And it was like, we were down to the wire because then we, you know, we had to go out and secure another investor that we hadn't started because we were promised these funds. So we kind of had to start from scratch and going through finding investor from the pitch through the diligence to all the paperwork. Like it takes quite a while. 
So we um, secured our second one like days before payroll was due. It was really, really stressful. The one like funny story. So Nora was on her computer. We had to run payroll by Friday at 4 p.m. for it to hit on time. My loan wasn't coming through until 4 p.m. that day. So I was like freaking out. I'm at home and I'm like, see my loan. It comes through finally at 3.30. I have thus my first baby is asleep, taking a nap. And I'm like, don't care. I like see the loan hit. So I like rip him out of bed. He's like, I throw him into the car seat and I am like flooring it to the like bank. And I'm like running like a crazy person. I'm like, you have to deposit this check before. I'm like, right now, like just like a hot mess express. They're like security. <laughs> totally. They're like, who's this crazy woman with a baby? I know. And so they deposit it and they're like, okay, so it won't be in your bank. Like, because it's a larger check, it won't be in your bank for 24 hours. I was like, what? Like, no, I need, like, <laughs> I need this money like, right now. The bank is amazing. And they were like, well, because you've been established for so long, we will front you this money. And because we know that the bank is coming. So literally our bank like fronted us part of the payroll. Like, thank God we have a personal relationship with our bankers. So some of you listening to this may think it's a little nuts to scramble like that to make payroll, but we've been there too. Sometimes entrepreneurship isn't the healthiest of lifestyles, but let's get to where they are in their partnership today and the challenges they have around fundraising yet again. Well, right now, I would probably say like the burnout piece is huge. Like we are fundraising for our next round and that just takes a toll on us in different ways. And it's really one of the only things that like we come at from different points of views because as individuals, like we can connect with different people. And so you know, with all of these different investors that you have conversations with, like you can feel a personal connection to one or the other, and you can see value in one or the other. And so it's like working through that and figuring out like what is not only best for like us as a company, but us as like individuals and business partners is really important and takes just a lot of energy and you have to be like super thoughtful and, you know, be totally honest. Like when we first started, there wasn't anybody. And so then it was like a different kind of stress of like, we're fundraising. We're not really getting the traction that we thought we were going to get. And then like two weeks can change. And it's like, you have too many people knocking at your door. And so it's like Mm -hmm. everything in the like fundraising VC world, it can happen at an absolute snail's pace or lightning speed. There is no in between. And it's figuring out like how to navigate that and all of the personalities within that space that can be super challenging and really like emotionally draining for us. Every round is different than the one before. So you're constantly being challenged like with every raise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about this actually with Julie Nova. Oh, oh I yeah. love her. Oh, yeah. She knows the, she, she knows, knows she knows that drill. I mean that and this is like totally not how we were funded, right? We were funded the good old fashioned, yeah. what's your credit score? How much money can I give you kind yeah. of way? And then like on the value of our business, yeah. like, oh, this is what your business is worth. This is how much we'll give you, right? So I, we've never gone through that like venture capitalist or like having to convince anybody but ourselves and our spouses to believe in us to be able to move forward. But she was talking about how she was getting ready to do, I don't know what round she's on. <laughs> yeah. But the next round of fundraising and even her, who I think is like an expert fundraiser, like that woman can network like yeah. nobody's yeah. business, said it's super stressful. Like it is so stressful raising those funds. Yeah. Yeah. It, it takes a toll. And like, that's where uh, like I could not 
do it alone. I don't think Nora could do it alone. And like, you know, hats off to Julie. Like, I'm pretty sure she just does it. I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Need a chapter out of her book. But I think that like for us, it's just nice to have somebody to like gut check um, and just make Mm -hmm. sure that it's like a decision with like the head and heart and not just like one or the other. Cause you know, taking money, it, that has a lot of strings attached to it. So it's nice to have a sounding board. And like I said, like I have to verbally work through things. So like Nora's phone has been ringing like off the hook. So I'm like, okay, well, what about this? What about this? And I like have to talk through like every single piece of it. So is it, I mean, for those people who aren't familiar, because I think there's probably a very large portion of our audience, us included, that aren't super familiar with like that venture capitalist, I imagine it's kind of like Shark Tank. Yeah. Right. Like you're like, here's the pitch. Right. And this is how much money I want. And I'm going to give you this percent. And they're like, actually, I'm going to give you X number of dollars for this percent. And I want this too. Yeah. With the beach house in the Hamptons. I don't really know. However (laughs) it goes, you know, but I imagine it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yep. So everything that you see on Shark Tank is like the VC world, but with much more favorable, what's called terms. <laughs> Shark Tank really okay. will take a large portion of your company for a very small amount of money. And so like in this world, it's a lot of just like entrepreneurs who have done it or um, like wealthy individuals who have started these kind of like funds. And so these fund managers, they go out and they actually raise money on their own from like incredibly wealthy people. And so they could be operating out of what's called like a fund of, you know, 50 million, a hundred million. And then they Mm -hmm. take it and they go invest in like today's entrepreneurs. And like, the idea is that, you know, you invest in 10 people, maybe five don't make it four kind of make it. And you have like one that does really well for you. So it's like kind of putting money on like different bets. I mean, you obviously want everybody to do really well, but that's not the statistics. Mm -hmm. So you're just kind of have to hedge your bets a little bit. And so that's kind of the world that we play in. And so you know, with the wedding space. And I think to your point, why it's not really talked about in the space is that not a lot of companies, practically none have fundraised like money in this market that are not direct to consumer, like marketing to the couples Mm -hmm. getting married. And so like the David's Bridal, Zola, the not like, yes, they've all raised money. They're these big names. They have done very well, but not on that side, on more of like that B2B business to business side there's not a lot of companies that have actually successfully raised money and gone on to do things with it. So it's not talked about. And it's, you know, I think pretty misunderstood of like what it can do for our industry. And I do think like Mm -hmm. that's a little bit of to the wedding industry is a little outdated and behind in other industries. And I just think it's like a lot of people don't have that like VC money. And, you know, I think with creatives, everybody starts their own creative business and not necessarily like a software or something to like enable the back end of businesses in this industry. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's totally interesting and brave. I know you're Ooh. braving a whole new world or, for the wedding or industry or like all, <laughs> or all naive. <laughs> Fundraising for us was kind of like starting the company in that we had never done it before. Like we'd never done software before and we're meeting with these developers And they're like saying all these words that like, we had no idea what they're talking about. So we're like jotting down notes and taking down notes. And then we'd go home and we'd Google all of this terminology. Mm -hmm. And that's how we really learned from the beginning. And it kind of felt like that with 
with fundraising. They're like, what's your CAC? What's your, like all these things. And we're like, Oh, Elizabeth could like pull it out. She's amazing. (laughs) But we got smarter this round. We, we approached this round a little differently because the last couple of times we fundraised, Elizabeth and I did it all together, all at the same time. And it was like next to impossible to run the company and fundraise. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many meetings, some of them like on the drop of a dime where you have to be available. Um, like one we, we pitched to like Israel or where was it? Istanbul. And it was at midnight our time. Um, so we were pitching all of the time and like nobody had an eye on the business. And so this round, Elizabeth is way better at fundraising than I am. Um, so she took the lead and then I have taken back and done more of like running the business while she is out fundraising. And for me, it's worked a lot better. I'm a lot happier. I don't know about you, Elizabeth. <laughs> Elizabeth. Well, I mean, so the whole thing was about burnout. So it sounds like because you're in this high emotionally charged space often and you are I think I can imagine the pressure that you feel on your shoulders, one to have to fundraise the money and one ha- to make good decisions, even though you can gut check it with Nora, like you're the one having the conversation. And so you're probably at this point where I'm like burnt out over it. And Nora, you're probably at the point where you're like, I'm, I'm cool as a cucumber. I'm great. Right. <laughs> Is that kind of like some of the experience that you're having? Yes. But I think that <laughs> it's like Nora is doing so much of the personnel side that like, mm-hmm managing is its own like beast and mm-hmm. burnout. And like, I'm sure she'll be excited to like level that balance <laughs> a little bit out when I like come back and have more of my, like, you know, head down in the business, but the like money will always be the most stressful part of like a company. I th- And I think that's true for any, for any company. Like, I don't think just because we're like, you know, VC, like we have money coming in and we're fundraising it is any different than, you know, starting your own company and being scared about cash flow. It's just like incredibly stressful. And I think a lot of the burnout that we can experience at different times is usually around the financial health of the company, whether that's the funds coming in, you know, sales and transactions, or whether that's like the money going out for payroll and expenses and that how everybody is an individual and operates their own household financially, like, bleeds into the business. And so Nora and I coming, you know, and making financial decisions together, we're like, we're very good at that, but we do operate our individual finances very differently. So that can also take like this emotional toll that is like really important to consider when you're having these conversations as well. It's like how you spend and how you save. Yeah. So do you, Eliza, do you feel like, um, cause you mentioned this and I, and I think it comes with a great amount of respect for your partner where you can say like, I am here but I can also recognize how hard my partner is working. Do you feel like, I don't want to say guilty, but like you shouldn't feel burnt out with where you are because maybe Nora is doing so much and she's doing all that admin stuff and you feel yeah. like I this I shouldn't feel this way? Yeah, I think that there is like this difference where Nora has an immense amount of like physical work and it's probably feels like a lot of busy work. Mm-hmm. It's like the HR stuff, like paperwork. And like, I look at it and I'm like, I would kill myself if I had to do that. You know, like I, I literally cannot stand like mm-hmm. paper pushing and Nora has that responsibility, like all on her shoulders right now. And mm-hmm. where like, then for me, I'm, I thrive in meetings. I live off of like people, you know, and so that like extrovert personality in me, like 
my schedule is back to back meetings, but it it's okay. I like it. I feel the pressure and I will be burnt out when we close this round for sure. But in a way, like we divided these responsibilities to our personalities. Like I'm using air quotes for everybody listening. I like fundraising <laughs> because I work with people. If I had my heads down and I was pushing paper, like it would be a way different burnout for me. So don't you feel like, and this is, I can just speak to kind of our relationship because I've spoken about this before on the podcast that I often feel like I, I deal with all the finances. So like, I'm a very odd person where I'm like very like money minded because I really view finances like as a resource and like, how can I best capitalize on what we have to make more? I'm really good at projections and making sure those things are met and whatnot. So like that is definitely, and I do that at my family too. Like I run all of my finances. I don't run any of my finances at no point in my life at all. Nothing. Not at home, not at work. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like a 1950s housewife over here. She is like that. (laughs) Yeah. Which is, I mean, it is true. Like we'll do things like when we start speaking, I'm like, Dana, like we're going to do a rental for newly and get our nails done. And like, I see we need to be polished and put together and this will be a, a shareholder distribution, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so she's yeah. like, oh, so the business is paying for this now. I'm like, yes, get your nails done. You can get your nails done, rent that newly, like, <laughs> blah, blah, you know, it's just like that. But anyway, I digress. The point I'm trying to make is sometimes in our business, Dana is so good at like those systems and procedures. Like she's so good at like taking an idea and like fleshing it out in like a tangible way that is like practical, like whether that's like making a Canva or like coming up with a document that we need that kind of fills a gap. Whereas I feel like my skills are not so tangible. Do you know what I mean? Like they are a little more abstract. And they're very much so in that meeting space. Like I could convince anybody to do business with us. Like I, I can make too much business for us such that Dana is like, I swear to God, if you bring one other thing to my plate, like my head's going to explode. And like, but that's literally like one what I consider, and it sounds like maybe for you too, Elizabeth, one of the bigger skills that I bring to the table is that ability to drum up business or to get people on board with whatever it is that you're putting out, you yeah. know? But then sometimes I have guilt because it doesn't look as productive. It doesn't look like I checked off 30 things on my to-do list and I had all of this like churn and burn productivity. Like I'm like, here's what I did this week. You know, you're like, wow, I brokered that deal and made a shit ton of work for us on the back end, but I made that happen, you know? Yeah, there was like a moment where... Nora and I, and like a couple of our other, like uh, our PC people, we were having these weekly check-ins and we were like keeping track of what we were doing in these Excel docs. And like (laughs) Nora and I, like it, like, honestly, it just felt like a waste of time to update this doc. Cause I was like, it's going to take me 20 minutes and I'd rather like be busting out whatever X, Y, Z and Nora's like the exact same. So we were like, you know, last minute, always like filling it in. It was just like so vague and like, you know, but then the other employees, it was like this whole list of like nicely checked off, like, you know, mm-hmm. what they've done. And like Nora Nice is like, I started this conversation, like I'll close it later. You know, I've <laughs> started this project, like it's, it's in works. And it's like, mm-hmm. we ended up stop tracking because it like, there was nothing like that we can really check mark and like ever have completed because one conversation always leads to like something new in that way. And mm-hmm. I think that's just yeah. being business owners is like, you don't get to ever wrap it up in a bow, like any project that you mm-hmm. start. And so I think that's just something we had to like learn as like we were dividing roles is like, okay, like mm-hmm. we just really have to divide the roles. We won't be able to put check marks next to a lot of it. And 
where do we best like serve with our personalities and traits? But I felt like it took a, a minute for me to get to the point where my my worth or value wasn't related to that checklist. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can relate to that. You know, part of that check-in that we had with some of our employees, it also was like, there is never a point that I'm worried about Elizabeth not doing yeah. her job or do, you know, like I trust her 101%. I don't need to know what she's doing every day. I don't need to know, you know, like it just kind of felt like a waste of time. Like she trusts yeah. me. I trust her. And if we don't like, that's a major problem in a partnership. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we do like, we still do check-ins. We talk like multiple times every day, but it's not like a formal, like spend a half an hour filling out this form so I can share with Elizabeth what I completed <laughs> the last week. Right. <laughs> I feel like for me, like what I struggle with, and I I can hear this, Elizabeth, like when you're in Norway talking about this, like, you know, and we've been personally just be fully transparent, struggling with like kind of creating that division of duties and and recognizing where our strengths are. And I resent my strengths sometimes. <laughs> like that's the problem is like, I, I understand I'm great at systems and processes and all that, but it's so not fun sometimes. And and I know that I'm good at it and I know that it'll serve our business well, but sometimes like I want to be the one that's going to network instead of being the one sitting behind a computer screen. And so I, I, I struggle with the fact that like, okay, I know this is what's best. I know this is, I'm, I'm working in the most best space for me to be successful and I resent it. And to me, that's what leads to burnout. It's because I consistent, I consistently look at it's like the grass is greener on the other side, right? And I have to sometimes put that on and be like, okay, I don't want to be doing this, but I could be doing this. And do I really want to be doing that? And it's, you know, and I struggle with that. And I think that with burnout, I think that happens a lot is that you resent your skills in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think what was interesting, like for us in the division is that Nora had already started and ran a very successful company. And so we defaulted to assigning her a lot of those responsibilities, which good, bad, or, you know, right or wrong. Like, you know, the jury's still out on rock, paper, clone, but <laughs> totally kidding. But that's like how it happened, you know, like, and so we didn't really like think otherwise. And like, to your point about being like the grasses, you know, can be greener. We always think it's going to be greener. I think that us talking all the time, it does allow for us to like stay up to date to be like, I'm happy to take that on. Or like, I have currently more capacity than you have right now or like vice versa. And so that's also part of like, I think really important with burnout and with roles is like being flexible enough to offload the other person's plate. If it's feeling like they're really burnt out right now and they need a little bit less. Mm -hmm. Nora, what about you? Like, when do you feel that burnout? Like what causes it for you? Oh gosh. I, like Elizabeth said, she loves back-to-back meetings all day. Um, I love meetings, but if I don't have breaks in between to like tackle my inbox or like download the things that I went over in the meeting and it's all left at the end of the day, like that super stresses me out. If I cannot see the bottom of my inbox, like it gives me anxiety. So I like to like check in on that several times a day. And if it's all left, for the end of the day, like I'm going to be working at night. Um, I'm not going to have any meeting like, and then I'll probably have a meeting in the morning. I like to front load my day with meetings. Um, and so just knowing in the back of my mind, I have all these PR requests I have to do. I have, you know, I have to follow up with this person and 
you know, I have to prepare a, a document for this meeting, like that really stresses me out. So if I don't have like those breaks where I'm working in between and eating lunch at my computer, then, then that leads me to burnout. Um, and we're like, we're usually on opposite ends of the spectrum. Like when I'm over the edge, Elizabeth, you know, can maybe take something off my plate or, or vice versa. It's, it gets scary when we're both super, yeah. super stressed. And that has been rare, but like, it's recent, like pretty recent that it happened. First week of May. It was like right during cater source. And we were both like, I don't know. Like usually one of us would bring the other, you know, pull the other one up. Mm. And, but it was just like, we were both. So just, we needed a break, you know, but we couldn't, Mm. we couldn't take a break. There was not possible. There still has not been a break since May. (laughs) First week of May. So we just, no, we just drink a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Your liver is taking care of it for you. Yeah, I had to give my liver a break a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So I know that too, when I, I'm, I'm a more of an emotionally charged person, even though I am an Enneagram eight and I think more like, I guess you do think more like emotionally kind of like with your gut than anything else. But I tend to think the world is falling apart and everything is ending right when I am in this very emotionally charged place. And so I am She's like totally, a burn it to the ground. I am. I am a burn <laughs> to the ground, throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> like Not I am all, like, I am just done over it. Right. And so when I'm in those phases of burnout and my burnout happens, I don't, I don't want to say it happens rarely, but it, it happens like semi-annually. Yeah. Like it's probably yearly. I would say that's fair. <laughs> Sometimes twice. It depends on what's going on. And, and to be fair, my burnout isn't always related to work. Right. right. It's sometimes personal, like life. Yeah. Right. Totally. It's just life. Like just going through like, you know, the life things or whatever. But I don't know if for us, if it like fortifies our relationship or if it almost hurts it, because I tend to project myself onto Courtney and maybe it's because she's a safer place because she's my sister and she's someone that like, I know that's going to love me. She can't go anywhere. Yeah. Like she's going <laughs> to love me regardless. But like, I tend to, to, I don't want to say take it out or like emotionally take it out, but like I, I resent everything that's going on and I like want I'm like, you caused this. <laughs> like, this is your fault. <laughs> Get me out of here. What's <laughs> our <You know? laughs> Right. And so I'm curious, um, as another partnership, do you guys have more tension in those moments? Like when someone is experiencing, and I'm, I'm talking about like high burnout, not like just like, oh, I'm stressed out this week, but like you're in a phase of weeks, months of burnout and you're like maybe questioning your life choices and, you know, does it create that tension in, in that partnership? Or is it just more heightened because we're sisters? Right. So I don't have a sister. So same, like, I can't speak to that because I do see that like heightened with friends that do have sisters. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I like to rely on Nora, like a sister, but we don't have that like familial background of like growing up together that you can like twisted each other, you know, and like, <laughs> like push the button. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that like my opinion is like emotionally, I do rely on Nora, like a sister, but without that history, it's different. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, Elizabeth, you might have a different thing to say about this, but I've never like, because of my stress been like, this is all Elizabeth's fault or, you know, like yeah. it's never been towards Elizabeth. It's usually something that we're both like dealing with, um, on different levels. So 
I mean, that helps too. It's not like, you know, one of us has made this deathly mistake that has caused the, the company so much angst or anything like that. So, I mean, that, that also helps too, but you know, it's, and many times, I think the times where I'm most stressed or like burnt out is when it's, it's work and family stuff. Um, like, Mm -hmm. like during that whole situation in, in early May, when we were so stressed, my son was playing baseball and all of a sudden there was like a practice the next day at so-and-so time. And my husband's out of town on work and and I'm like, I have meetings, like, how am I going to do this all? And it just kind of all comes down together. So, yeah, I think that like, it's really when like personal and work is colliding and you're just like, yeah, like I'm out. (laughs) I'm going to go like into the woods and not (laughs) reappear for three weeks. Yes. Oh yeah. That's totally how I like. I think that when I'm super burnt out, I become less and less and less productive. Like I, like my mind is fuzzy and I can't really focus on things and, uh, things will slip through the cracks. I don't tend to be like an emotional burnout person. Like I'm not one to like emotionally put my stuff on somebody, but I definitely become what I would consider more aloof. Like I'm just more checked out. Like I can't focus. So, which I think it's definitely the opposite. It's probably super frustrating to deal with. <laughs> I also yeah. lose all patience, like with my family. Mm-hmm. You put on your I damn know. shoes. Right. Let's go. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? I don't know. I'd be curious what um, you two think about this, but I also have a whole lot of guilt because I rely on my husband so much to like pick up when our work is really busy, but yet he has the stable consistent job that we like, I mean, it's a family run business. So like we do have the stability, but I'm like, you need to be doing your job because that's a stable job. Like rock, paper, coin can go like this. Like, you know, Nora and I can be taking Mm -hmm. pay cuts one month and we can, you know, not be taking pay cuts. And so, but I rely so heavily on him to pick up the kids early. Like in this winter, like our kids did not go to school, like, you know, often because of the COVID. And so it, that like created this stress of like between us, it was like, well, who has the more important day, which is like so shitty mm-hmm. in any relationship to so like shitty. try to pick and choose like level of importance. And that was like this January and February were like some of my darkest days for sure. And like, even Nora and I had to do that to be like, can you take this meeting? Like, can you take it? Like that guilt, like, I mean, that's, that stays with you just because like you relied so heavily on that person where you like have not had that experience before. Yeah. So I can speak a little bit to that. So my husband, um, became a work from home person when, um, COVID hit and prior to he'd go into the office. So he worked like, it's like 45 minutes from the house, which is normal for North Carolina. And, um, and he is, he has like a work ethic, like just insane. Like he, and it's, and it's self-made. I mean, it's not like his work does not dictate his hours. He can work from midnight to 8, 8 a.m. if he wants to. There's a couple of meetings he has to hit here and there, but really it's project-based. Get your shit done and it's fine. But he was just very adamant. He had to be in at this time. He had to leave at this time, which was caused a lot of tension because my job was up and down. Like sometimes I have a meeting at seven. Sometimes I have a meeting at two. Sometimes I have to be here. And then we have these children like that you have to do things with, right? <laughs> And it was really hard. And for the longest time, he's the only one that made money. And so his job was a priority and it, and I felt like it wasn't mine. He never, he never said that. And he never made me feel that way. That was my own personal feeling like, well, he's the one putting food on the table. So 
whatever he wants has to go. And it really was COVID that kind of created that reckoning. And, um, and I do feel guilty about it. He is, he, I, he is the, he's the mom, dad, like he is home every day when the kids get off the bus. He like in the mornings I joke, like he's been out this week and he's like, you're going to have to get up in the morning. So I'm like, I'm aware I'm going to have to get up and drive the kids to school. But like he, like he gets the whole house moving. Like he makes everybody breakfast. He packs my lunch. He makes the coffee and I'm the one rolling out of bed, blow drying my hair, getting ready. And, and certainly I drive him to school because the office is right next to the school. But like, he's like the people mover in our house. Right. Um, and I think for, there are times when he's been like, I think makes me feel like I've t- I'm taking it for granted. Like I am not as appreciative or, um, he feels less than because he's like, I understand your job is important, but like, I also have this going on. And so we really struggled with that. And I think it's a common feeling. And the biggest thing that we did was we have state of the unions every Sunday and like we sit down and we talk about the week and it is very much like, Hey, this is my, my stress point. This is where I'm in. I am out. I can't answer a phone call. I cannot pick up the kids. This is immovable. And that's, and that's not super common, right? There's like very few times that that is actually the case. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is for me, it's okay. You have to do X, Y, Z. Like I need to pick up the kids four times this week. Therefore, I'm going to make sure that we have the dinner is ready all four nights. Like I'm going to make it easy for you. So you don't feel overwhelmed because he gets overwhelmed a lot more quickly than I do. But, um, I think it's a normal feeling to feel that way. Yeah. And I think it was like just under a magnifying glass with COVID. Especially with COVID because the kids were there all the damn time. They never left. <laughs> so true. Well, and then your husband was home. I mean, I can a thousand percent mm-hmm. relate to, to what you were saying, especially when it was just bridal bliss. Um, I had all the flexibility in the world. My husband makes substantially more than I do. He's like never made me feel bad about it or anything like that. It was more me. Like he should have more flexibility. I'll take care of the kids because like, he needs to make mm-hmm. this money. Um, right. and then the same, like COVID started and then he worked from home. I had no idea how much he was on the freaking phone every day <laughs> until he was working <laughs> from home. And uh, like I was with the kids and I, at that point had bridal bliss and rock paper coin. And like, it, it was impossible even without COVID, mm-hmm. like it would have been impossible with both companies. And so, um, we kind of did the same shuffle you know, he helps out more and he would have before it was just, I had more flexibility and then things change. And so the relationship has to change. And, um, you know, I think as, as women and moms, like we take a lot of that on. And if you don't talk about it and communicate, like it's a problem and it's resentment is what happens. And I think that's the biggest thing is I had all these assumptions about him that he, that I thought he thought about me. And then I thought he thought about my business and, and it just wasn't the truth. And he's like, why, why would you think that? Like, I've never said those words to you. And and, and a lot of it is just, I think it festers and it comes from being guilty that you're not the one picking them up and you're not the one home and you're not the one making them lunch or breakfast or whatever. And you, you know, it's like, I don't know if we're just brainwashed to think that it always has to be the mom or it always has to be us or I don't, I don't know, but it really helped to just like air it all out. And, and I asked him one day, I was like, do you think your job is more important than mine? He goes, 
absolutely not. I don't think that. He's like, I think your job is 10 times harder than my job. He's like, you are like emotionally spent at the end of every day. This is during COVID. He's like, cause you're like dealing with all these people and you're having to make these really hard decisions. And he's like, I respect so much of what you're doing. Like I have it easy over here. I can close my computer and I don't have to think about it again until 8am. He's like, and you're thinking about it in the middle of the night, all night. Like, you know, it was, it was really helpful to hear his, what he thought about me and my job and everything. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do it all at my house. So that's like a whole nother conversation. <laughs> so I am the people she mover. She is a super mom over and there. And the picker upper and the dinner provider and all the things. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is like I tell oh, Dana dinner all is time. what I gets like, me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have a successful week if I know, like, four out of seven nights what I'm going to make. <laughs> but Dana is, like, super systematized, like, mm-hmm. very, very, like, in her personal life, in her business life. Yeah. It's system, system, systems. And I'm, like, like Which is like great cloud. until the systems fail and don't work and they can't – you can't do it. And then, like, I can't function. That's right. Until it fails and then there's it's either, like, super efficient like or not yeah. functioning. Yeah, it's like there's down. no in-between. <laughs> And I'm like totally always in the middle. I am uh-huh. not super efficient. I'm always functioning mm-hmm. on some level, but it's very gray, oh you gosh, know. That's so funny. That's impressive, yeah. Dana, that you've got it for mm-hmm. both work yeah. and home. I like, I've got my mm-hmm. systems at work, but when it's home, like all, you know, anything could mm-hmm. happen. I can't like, you know, I'm, I'm planning and everything is so scheduled during my day that like, I don't want to deal with it at home. I don't want to like schedule that out. I think it's just a mental mental thing. Yeah. I mean, it it leads to some burnout as we've talked about, like (laughs) getting back to burnout. So like at the end of this, like, so when do you consider this round over? Like, how do we see this ending? Are you going to have a break? I was thinking, Elizabeth, one of the things I was thinking was at the end before really like re-immersing yourself back into the day-to-day, maybe there should be like a break period and then like a gradual re-entry. Right. I, one can hope, but I have a feeling that something will catch on fire. And then like, it's just like right back into work. <laughs> but Nora and I have never celebrated closing like around because mm. I have been pregnant both times. <laughs> so I think after this round, we'll just do like some big fun, like celebratory, like dinner or out or something to just like take a moment and like, let it sink in. So while I wish it was like a beach vacation with Nora for like 10 days, it'll probably just be like two hours of like <laughs> no kids. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a spa day. Yeah. There we yeah. go. I like that. Yeah. Set up a local spa. Yeah. But yeah. So I think um, it'll just be like nice for both of us just to like rebalance like where our energy is being spent and mm-hmm. kind of like reassess because it's also like a good opportunity to be like, what are you doing? Do you not like something? And, you know, mm-hmm. like, should we do a little shuffle right now? I think, and as the company grows, like you're constantly shuffling and with this round, like we would be continuing to hire. So, you know, it's definitely like going to be some different like pain points that we'll be experiencing too. Do you guys tell each other, like, are you guys pretty honest? Like, Hey, this is the place I'm in. Like I'm like on the struggle bus right now, like, or I'm like hitting my, my burnout, my burnout meters here. Like, or is it something make maybe Nora is the one that's like, Elizabeth, you seem a little burnt out. Cause I can, I, you have these, these, uh, you know, triggers that I can see that are happening. Right. I wish it was that formal. Usually it's me. Like I'm so fucking done. Like I'm like <laughs> over this. I'm, I'm selling like, you my share. Yeah, I'm totally. Done. Or like I called her crying. She's like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel that. I mean, we talk so much if we're not like on a zoom during the day, we'll call each other and, you know, during fundraising, it's, it's more than normal, but like, it's pretty clear where we're at. There's no, Mm -hmm. like, let's sit down and feeling stressed right now situation. I think one of the things though, that you touched on that I, like it dawned on me a couple of years back. And I think sometimes life just gets in the way, obviously with kids and business and we have multiple employees. So there's always some fire to put out. But it like dawned on me how we were basically just like turning and burning big accomplishments. Like we would work, 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 and we would get to the where we wanted to be. And it'd be a big freaking deal. And then we would just move on to the next thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like we would never sit in that plateau for any amount of time because like as an entrepreneur mindset, it's like, okay, on to the next thing. Like what's the next thing that needs to be fixed? And then there was no celebration. And then like, what's the point? You know what I mean? So I felt like taking that time to really intentionally celebrate those wins and even like taking some like space in that before moving on to the next big thing, yeah. I think really goes a long way to helping burnout and feeling like that reason for being, you know what I mean? Well, and I think too, like this is kind of the beauty of partnership in a lot of ways is that I remember last year, I don't, I don't, there was like a point I was like having a really like hard time, like just mental health wise and just really on the struggle, like really questioning like where I was, where I wanted to be. And I still haven't found out the answers or anything, but you know, like it was a pretty low point in my life. (laughs) And I just remember like, and Courtney could feel it because she's a feeler. So she's like, you know, what's wrong with whatever. And I was like, you're messing up the chi in our joint office here, buddy. (laughs) And so I'm trying to like go through it. And I'm like, I don't really have like, I don't have like a, like what I'm feeling. I just know this is how, this is what's going on and I don't know how to solve it. And, and I think that what was really helpful for me is that it was like, take the space, like go home, like, and and I'll be like, Oh, but I have all these things. I have to get all this stuff done. And she's like, well, what's actually an emergency? Like it's because it's what's going to make you feel better. But what is an what is the emergency? And let me can I handle it? Most of the time was yeah, I can handle it. And so I think that there's a lot of times that we take our partnerships for granted and don't lean into that partner and say like, hey, like I've been I've been going 200 miles per hour. I've been hustling the shit out of it. And I know that you have too. And I think this is where that guilt comes in. Is it's like why like if I'm taking a break, shouldn't the other person be taking yeah. a break? Because they're working just as hard as I am. And the yeah. truth is is they are. And you can feel both those things. Like you can feel burnt out and be so in awe of your partner busting their ass and working just as hard as you. Maybe they're even, maybe they're working harder than you, but you can still feel like it's too much for you at that point. And to be able to say like, as a partner to look at your partner who's struggling and say, Hey, I see you. And I know that you need this break, like take a day, like take two days, take a week, whatever it is. Like the world's not going to end the business isn't going to blow up. Like, you know what I mean? And like really protecting that person. Cause you, you love each other, right? Like you care about each other. You, ha- and you have to let in for me. I had to let Courtney do that for me. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't want her to do it for me. I was like, well, this isn't your problem or I'm fine. Or I'm like, you know, Miss Independent over here. Like, I don't need you, you know, but you're not fine. Right. <laughs> this is diminishing returns. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, very true. Yeah. And part mm-hmm. of that is like, I know Elizabeth is working so hard and she's so busy that like, even if I am overwhelmed, I wouldn't necessarily want to 
but any mm-hmm. of my stuff that I should be doing on her because maybe that's mm-hmm. going to put her over the edge, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I think that partnership is like, that's a, that's the beautiful thing about it is one, I think it makes us, cause we respect what someone else is putting into our communal business so much that I think it makes you work harder and it makes you kind of evaluate your efficiencies and how you do things. And there's definitely times that I do things because I don't want to disappoint Dana, right? Mm-hmm. I would be fine disappointing myself, <laughs> but I so would not true. be fine disappointing Dana at that point. <laughs> and I think that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. But then also to see the value of the partnership is, yeah, there's two of you leading this mm-hmm. ship. And there's going to be some time where someone's going to need to, you know, take a break from rowing the oar, right? And they're going to be the one maybe that's, you know, just moving the paddle and you're going to get in there and take over for them. And I think that instead of resenting that, and mm-hmm. and I think this kind of is part partnership, part sister, part whatever, is like it doesn't have to always be even Stevens. Mm-hmm. And in fact, maybe it shouldn't be because there's always somebody who's fresh and ready to like step up to the plate and be the best for your clients and be the best for your employees and be the best for that next new fresh idea, right, that's going to move your business forward, that that's the value of a partnership is that you got you got a relay partner, right? And you can like totally. pass that baton at any point and check out for a minute and it's not going to go down the mm-hmm. tubes. Yeah. And I think being able to like get to that point and, and we've been in business for 17 years together. So like, you know, we've had a lot of this journey and we started in our early 20s where had no idea what that even <laughs> meant. And being able to get to that point where there's just value in it and it is a better, our business is better for it. And getting rid of like the resentment, I think is super key, mm-hmm. and a soup and it's a benefit and a blessing really. Because I, I say that all, especially like in the middle of COVID or we're going through a hard time, like I couldn't yeah. imagine doing this by myself. Like, no. Getting to the point earlier, I would have never done it. And how do people do it by themselves? Right? It just feels so overwhelming. I do not know. That is like I think both Nora and I say that like in whoever we are talking to is just like you have to have a business partner like. I, like, I think that the wedding and event industry is so unique because it is all these small individual business owners. And I'm like, I just wonder, like, what would it be if the norm was more of a business partner? Would there mm-hmm. be more like small to medium sized companies? Like, mm-hmm. would people like feel less burnout in this industry? I think that like, you know, the burnout in the industry is like so real and there can be like some overturn that is higher than in other industries of like, after five to seven years, like people are like, I, I just am tired, you know? And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have a business partner. I don't know how you do it. Well, well I thought like that was a great conversation, ladies. I know. I love that so much. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks thanks for your time you. today. Yeah. It was so fun chatting with you. Thanks for working towards perfection with us today. You can check out more about Nora and Elizabeth by visiting their brands on Instagram at rockpapercoin and at bridalblissnw. You can also learn more by visiting rockpapercoin.com. And to learn more about our hustles and lessons, visit us on the gram at hustle and gather. And you can learn more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting by heading to our website, hustleandgather.com. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle and Gather.